Would you pray with me? Our Father, uh, again, I give thanks uh, for gathering your people together this morning to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, to remember it, and to proclaim it to one another. I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would be at work in us this morning, that you would uh, say what you want said, that you would have each one of us hear what you want us to hear, and that you would just open the eyes of our heart to, to know uh, the depth of your love for us and the depth of your love for others. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said earlier, uh, this is Global Missions Emphasis Weekend, uh, which we do twice a year at Redemption Church. Um, and over the past month, as we've kind of uh, been walking towards this weekend, uh, we've paused each week to highlight uh, some of the ways that the Christian and Missionary Alliance is taking the gospel all around the globe. Um, so like with the Alliance, uh, we are sending international workers funded by the Great Commission Fund all over the globe to serve, to plant churches, and to make disciples who make disciples. That's one thing we're doing. Uh, with the Alliance, we are also equipping and sending marketplace ministry workers like Jakin, who spoke a couple weeks ago. So Christians are moving into cities all over the world and serving in like some professional uh, capacity in order to build relationships and deliver the gospel to people who maybe have never heard of the salvation of Jesus Christ. And then through COMMA, which stands for Compassion and Mercy Associates, uh, we are sending relief to desperate people all over the world who are suffering from natural disasters, uh, economic hardship, and, and other reasons. They love people in this ministry. They love people. They serve them, and they deliver the gospel in word and deed. And then, of course, there's these Envision sites that are all around the world um, that allow short-term teams to come alongside and partner with long-term missionaries to serve uh, these communities in which they are. And we've become connected with Envision Atlanta, which is in Clarkston, Georgia, uh, right outside of Atlanta. And it's a place that's just slammed with immigrants and with refugees uh, with different, from different places, different backgrounds, some from people groups who have never been reached with the gospel, and many who have been displaced by force from their homes, they're here, they're seeking stability, they're seeking a home, and one of the greatest needs they have is to find a friend. And that's something we can provide, and that's something missionaries who are there long-term can provide, so we've partnered with them. And the goal in talking about all these things is, of course, I think, to, uh, to make you more aware of what's going on through the Christian Missionary Alliance, to inform you, to educate you, to invite you into the work to invite you to participate in what's already happening. I don't want us to change. Like, I love that this church loves downtown, that we love Augusta, and that we want to make the real Jesus known here, and we want to invite everybody here into the family of God. I love that Redemption Church is, is full of people who understand that missions isn't reserved for a few who are willing to go somewhere exotic or extreme or who, who want to become vocational ministers in some form or fashion, but we're full of people who understand that missions is for each of us, wherever we live, wherever we work, wherever we play. But historically, where many churches in our culture kind of may neglect our individual call as missionaries, where we live, work, and play, and they kind of focus more on global missionaries, and they fund that, and that's just kind of the deal, I think we've tended in the past to sort of neglect or ignore global missions, right, and, and what our role is in it. It's not on purpose. It's not something that 
uh, it's not an indictment on us. It's just a place that we kind of have a blind spot, right? We should be a church that, that continues to seek the welfare of our own city while also championing and supporting the broader kingdom work happening across the globe. Like, I'd love to be a people and to be a church who is sending missionaries and church planners out from among us as well, like we have with Lindsay and Paul Murphy. Um, they're serving in Africa now, and actually around Christmas they're going to come back and visit us, and we'll get to hear from them, which will be a real um, treat. There's no doubt that many of us, I think, have a passion for ministering right here in, our, in the Garden City. I don't think that we should lose that. I think it's awesome. It's one of my favorite things about us. But the question I'm kind of asking is, like, how do we also get more on board with what God is doing around the world, what he's doing elsewhere? What would it look like if we were both passionate about the Garden City and passionate about what God is doing in his kingdom work around the world? What would we talk about when we talk about um, global missions? How would we talk about that? How would we give towards it? How would we pray together? Well, I think by God's grace, we have the Augusta Handmade Fair. Uh, to give us a glimpse into what it looks like uh, for us to be a church that both loves the city and celebrates and supports what God is doing internationally. Right? Friday night uh, was our 10th semi-annual Augusta Handmade Fair. We do it twice a year, so I guess we've been doing it for about five years. Uh, so there's 10 of them. We've, this is our 10th one. It takes place here in this room. It spills out onto the patio, it, onto the sidewalk, around over to the Whites Building on those patios down through the hallway and back around, and it's just, there's vendors, artists, craftsmen uh, selling their, their wares, and uh, there was like a jerk chicken truck. I'm on Whole30, so I couldn't have any of that, and the empanada thing, man, that was, there was a lot of spices. It smelled really good out there. It was lights. It was fantastic, right? If you came by, it was like a real thing was happening here. Like if, I, I commented to a few people, like if you were on Broad Street walking down, you were like, man, this is, Broad Street is awesome. Because this was going on, right? It's a real blessing to our neighborhood. This was the place to be on Friday night. There was something for the whole family in this event. Uh, it brought traffic to our neighborhood retailers uh, as we actually, they partnered with us. Some of the neighborhood retailers are even sponsoring the event with us now. Um, and they're helping to plan it. And, and then all of the proceeds raised from it benefit our friends in Uganda at Sojourn Church. We send them whatever we raise. And so from this event, we raise, each time we do it, somewhere in the neighborhood of $2,500 to $3,000. I don't know what the total is just yet from this one. But that's an awesome amount of money to be able to give to our friends in Uganda, whose entire budget for the year, for the entire year, is about $35,000. Right? And we get to send this gift twice a year. So we get to send it twice a year. It's an awesome blessing to them. I've been there twice. It's an amazing ministry that they got going on, and we're providing, what, 15 to 20 percent of their budget. It's amazing. That money is collected from all the booth fees and then from the vendors, and some of these vendors actually start, have started donating part of their proceeds to give also with whatever gift we've raised. That's, a, that's an amazing thing. I'm not talking about all this just to be like, look at this cool event that Redemption Church does. I mean, it's amazing, and I'm really proud of it. But it's not just that. I mean, this event, both, it blesses our community and it blesses Christian missions around the world. And I think it gives us a glimpse into the type of culture we really want at Redemption Church, right? 
It's a it's a huge win. So pause. Thank you all for doing that. Thank you for volunteering. Thank you for promoting it. Thank you for shopping with the vendors. Some of you were even vendors. Thank you for doing that. And I think we should just celebrate what God's doing through that event. And we should just. Yeah, let's I'm very, I am very grateful for the gift of that, that event. It gives us such a cool picture of what God wants us to be and the culture that we want to foster here at Redemption Church. It's a, it's a blessing from God. The Alliance 2019 missions campaign is entitled Regions Beyond. All right, you see there's a couple posters back here. I told you a few weeks ago, this is legit, people. We've got posters on the wall. There's some out there. There's some in the, the lobby. This is a real campaign. It's called Regions Beyond. And this is the theme verse for the campaign, John 10, 16. I want to read this for you. John 10, 16. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Now, I think it's important that we look at the greater context of this verse, and we're going to do that in just a minute. But, but I want us to see what Jesus looks forward to and points toward for others to see in this verse. This one flock with one shepherd. One flock with one shepherd. That reminds me of the picture of the heavenly garden city in Revelation that we talked about uh, so much just a month or so ago. In Revelation 5, 9 through 10, there's this scene where Jesus is being worshipped and he's being praised with these words. It says, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. See, our future, like, restored home, where all things are made right and new, and there's peace and there's joy forever and ever and ever. In that place, there will be one kingdom there will be one flock made from every tribe and every tongue and every nation and under one very good shepherd king, Jesus Christ. That's the future that Jesus points toward in John 10, 16. When he says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. So. Like when answering that question I asked a little bit ago, the question of how do we get more on board with global missions? How do we get excited about it? How do we foster a culture that is known for passionately pursuing our own city with God's love and passionately sending people out to reach the nations with the gospel? When answering that question, I think the most helpful thing for us uh, to, to, to look at is what the, the good news, what is the good news that Jesus talked about? What is what did the good news that Jesus talked about include? When he told people the good news, what did it contain? What did he have a passion for? How would he lead us? Because I think that when we really understand like the good news of Jesus Christ in full, we will trust him and will follow in his steps. So just over the next few minutes, I just want us to reap the gospel from this passage and see where he leads us. Okay? I'm going to read this for us. It's John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. A little bit of a setup. Jesus is talking to some Pharisees. Uh, they're an in crowd of religious folks who are questioning him about some indictments he's made about their guilt and that their religious convic 
convictions uh, fail to express the true heart of God. And then and Jesus says this to them. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Now, honestly, I think at first glance, this passage as a whole doesn't seem like the most likely missions emphasis passage, but when you look at it again, it's a great sending passage. I mean, Jesus is charged, he is sent by the Father to lay down his life and to take it up again for the purpose of saving his sheep from the thieves and robbers and for gathering them into one flock who is deeply cared for and loved by the good shepherd and who follows his lead as he gathers his sheep from the nations. I think the most helpful place for us to start is to understand the good news of Jesus as the shepherd who deeply cares for his sheep. Go back to John 10, 10 through 12. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Like Jesus makes this contrast between himself and a thief and a robber. And we've talked about idols a lot throughout this year. Um, and I know we've said it over and over again that our idols are set up as if they would serve us well. But what they really do is rob us of our humanity. And the enemy uses our idolatry to steal away the truth of who we are and the purposes for which we were created. Our idolatry destroys us. It destroys us by, by leading us to pursue things that continue uh, to dehumanize us, and it, can, and, it, and it leads us away from the good shepherd. Our idols are like wolves among sheep, and even our religious activity can function in that way. 
You've heard of a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? The enemy would sneak over the fence of the pen, disguise itself, get in among us, and seek to rob us and kill us, even with our like relig- religiosity. We can recognize that this has happened when we're being led to believe that our life is more important. We probably should hear this. Sometimes we believe that our life is more important or that we're more righteous than somebody else who's among us. So we can recognize that the enemy is in sheep's clothing, is getting in amongst us, is seeking to rob and kill and destroy us when we're being led to believe that we're more important or that we're more righteous or more valuable than somebody else. Whereas in this passage, the good shepherd, whose voice we should know, whose, whose lead we should follow, lays down his life for the sheep. That, that's more than sounding nice. It's really, really radical. That's a really radical concept. I mean, think of being a human being who would lay down their life so that a sheep would not die. Knowingly and on purpose, die so that a sheep would live. Like the good news here is that Jesus is the good shepherd and he cares more deeply for his sheep than we can ever think of or imagine. We are like sheep and he is the shepherd and he lays down his life for us. Jesus is the good shepherd who cares deeply for his sheep, and we are his sheep. That's more good news. In John 10, 12 through 16, it says that um, he goes on to contrast himself with a hired hand. It says this, it says, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep, and he flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, I think if you were to consult any one of us in this room outside of this biblical text, okay, and just say, uh, do you think maybe you should die for a sheep, right? I, I think that most of us would say that the hired hand has the right reaction in running away from the wolf. Right? No? You guys aren't on board? Everybody here would die for the sheep? You guys are shocking. Uh, No. We would all run away. That's just the truth of it. We're not going to purposely and knowingly lay down our life for a sheep. I mean, they're they're only a sheep. And and they're kind of dumb. Right? Sheep aren't very brilliant or anything like that. They're not that important. And we are human beings. Like, we're super intelligent. Some of us more than others. Some of you more than me, uh, aren't we more worthy of being safe? Isn't our life worth more than a sheep or any animal for that sake? But listen, Jesus, who is God incarnate, is in the same position. And he deems us who are like sheep as worthy of him. The alpha, the omega, the, the omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, infinite and boundless God, he deems us who are like sheep as worthy of him laying down his life so that we would live. It's totally radical. He knowingly and on purpose came to shepherd us in this way. He's not a hired hand. He's our creator and father. And he's on the scene to give us life and life abundant, even at the cost of him laying down his own life. 
And this truth, I think, should clue us in on just what imminent danger we live in and amongst. It should also give us great comfort knowing whose watch and whose care we are under. We can trust him. Not only does this shepherd, this good shepherd lay down his life for us, this flock of sheep, he also takes it up again, the scripture says. Like death could not defeat him. The enemy can't win. We won't be ever left without the good shepherd. He protects us with his life by giving it up, and then he takes it back up again. We should stand in awe of who he is. We should stand in awe of his great care and great compassion towards us. We should stand in awe of his power and of his might. And we should stand inspired to go where he goes and follow his good lead. We are his sheep, and this is good news for us. Several years ago, I was doing a study on the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and, and I, as I was going through that, I was really challenged by the truth of how God loves others like he loves me. God loves other people like he loves me. It was really challenging me, and I remember when it really hit home. Like At the time, I hung out at this cigar shop a lot, um, a, a lot. I mean, I, I actually started working there on the weekends just so I could be there. Um, it's kind of weird. You do what you want to with that information. Uh, that's out there. Anyway, I'm at the cigar shop a lot, and there was this guy that had been hanging around the shop a lot. He was around my age, and to be honest, he was getting very clingy, right? And I found him to be a little bit annoying, and honestly, I was pretty dismissive of him. I know now that that says a lot more about me than it says about him. But one day, I pulled up to the shop just as this guy was getting out of his car, and when he saw me pulling up, I saw how he eagerly waited for me to get out of my car. And, and out of nowhere, like I just felt the spirit move in my heart so that I could see him in the way that God sees him. I saw how he uh, was loved and how he was cherished and how he was cared for and how he was even liked by the Father. And I realized that while I was pretty awful, God loved me dearly, even enough to lay down his life for me. Not only... Not only that, he loved me enough to let me fellowship with him. He actually desired fellowship with me. He liked me. And then I realized that if that was true for how he loved me, it was true for how God loved this guy too. And it changed my perspective in like an instant. It changed the way I saw this guy. It changed the way I related to him. So I'll ask, like, do you see... How Jesus says he cares for you in this passage. Do you hear how he cares for you? Do you see how he's done exactly what he said he would do? Like Jesus laid down his life and he took it up again to save you from an enemy who seeks to strip you of your humanity and who would lead you straight to your death. Do you see that you are a sheep but that you are his sheep? That you are his child. Do you see that you belong to him? That he is your shepherd. That he's your creator. That he's your father. That he's your protector. And that he's your leader. Now consider this. That Jesus says we are his sheep. And that there are still sheep he means to bring into the flock. Do you see how he loves those other sheep with the same intensity that he loves you? This is the key to what we're getting at this morning in John 10, 16. It says, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. 
I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. We who have believed in Jesus as our Lord and Savior are his. And with the same passion that he has pursued us, he is still pursuing others. And this, too, is good news for us. Good news that should change our perspective. It should change the way we engage the world. Because the good news, it doesn't end with like our being rescued from the thief and the robber. It doesn't end with us being rescued from the wolf by the death and resurrection of our good shepherd. That's not where the good news ends. The good news, as Jesus says in this passage, is that he is making one flock and one shepherd. He's restoring creation. He's reuniting what's been divided. He's calling people from every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation into his flock and into his family. Our great and good shepherd is absolutely 100% in love with people all over this world. And he isn't just hanging out in the pen with the sheep he's already got. He's going to get his sheep. And we who are his should be following his lead. We should be in tow with him. Because the world that he's making, the people that he is restoring, the flock that he is gathering, the family of God is the ultimate good news. That future reality is so much better than this one. And to reach it, he must gather his sheep. So we should be passionately following Jesus toward that end. We should be a church that seeks to minister to this city and and to foster like a little prototype of that heavenly garden city right where we live, work, and play. But we should also follow Jesus' lead into reaching the nations by fully giving ourselves to to the going and to the sending of others. We should do that by funding their work by constantly praying for them, by celebrating the work that God, that the Good Shepherd is doing across the globe for his glory and for his fame and toward an eternity, an eternal reality where he is worshipped and we are fully satisfied in him. I want that to be part of the DNA and part of the culture at Redemption Church. Not part of, I want that to be the DNA and the culture at Redemption Church. So this week, I'm going to ask you to join together with this church and with the Alliance family around the globe in a few ways. Jesus is doing the work. We're joining with him. I'm going to ask you to do do a few things as, as a practice in following the lead of Jesus toward one flock and one shepherd. I'd like to first invite you to go. I'd like to invite you to go. Have you ever thought about going into the mission field? Long term, short term? Maybe you've thought about going. Maybe you've considered it uh, at some point. Maybe you've considered vocational ministry even at some point. It would be our joy as a church to come alongside you, to connect you with, uh, with equipping and sending opportunities through the Acts 29 Network, through the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And I'd encourage you to, like, talk about that with your missional community. Talk about their DNA. Come grab me. Come grab Brent. We'd love to talk about it. I'd encourage you to grab some material off of that table back there or the table that's in the lobby. Uh, Peruse the website. Check out what's going on with the Alliance. uh, See what kind of opportunities are out there. And then grab us and let's talk. 
I love that. So you're invited to get involved. And we're going to have more opportunities with Envision where you can go for a day even, right, and get involved in that way. You're invited to go. Second, I'm going to ask you to give. I'm asking you to give. Now, we made a goal like a month or so ago of matching the money that's raised from the pockets of our community through the Handmade Fair, which is about $3,000, for us to donate to the Alliance and Great Commission Fund. Um, So our goal was that we would give as a church what the community gives through this other event um, so that we could give a donation to the Alliance, to the Great Commission Fund, which then funds these international workers and stuff all over the the world. Now, we haven't made much of a dent in that number to date. I'm going to be honest with you, we're somewhere in the neighborhood of $150, okay? That's okay. But I'm inviting you to give, and and I'm asking you to consider what you can give between now and the end of the year. There's no hard and fast date here. We just want to be a church where this is part of our culture, okay? I'm asking you to consider what you can give between now and the end of the year, like above and beyond your regular giving to the church. Maybe you need to do some end-of-the-year giving, or maybe you need to uh, get with your MC and your family and do a yard sale and raise some money. Um, please don't ask me to be a part of that. I hate yard sales. Um, but, but maybe that's something you could do. Don't talk to my wife either because she's going to sign us up, and I don't want to do it. Let's see if we can't do something together as a church, though, to, to meet that goal uh, of, of matching what the community has given to our, our friends in Uganda so that we can give to the Great Commission Fund. If you're going to give to that fund, you need to know that you need to designate that gift to the GCF or the Great Commission Fund. But let's see if we can't meet that goal with joy as we glorify God in our giving. And then third, I'm going to ask you to pray. I want you to pray for missionaries and church planters. I want you to specifically keep Paul and Lindsay Murphy in your prayers. And I just want you to specifically also to keep our friends at Sojourn Church in Uganda in your prayers. Like we've kept this on our list of prayers on the back of your bulletin for some time. So I hope you're continuing to pray for it. But I'd like you to spend some time really going there uh, this week and over the next uh, couple months even. Pray for the gospel to advance through their ministries. Right? Pray that they will be blessed as well where they are, that it's not just about the work that they're doing, but they too would grow and that they would too would find more intimacy with Jesus Christ. And then also, I'd like to ask you to pray about how God would lead you to continue to join uh, with Christ in the work of advancing the gospel to every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. Ask God to help you consider that and to discern that. So I'm asking just those three things. Go, give, May we be a church that follows Jesus and makes him known by both seeking the welfare of our own city while also championing and supporting the broader kingdom work across the globe. And maybe we become, uh, maybe we become known for passionately pursuing our city with God's love and passionately sending people out to the nations with the gospel as we hope in the good shepherd and in his restorative work. We're going to move into a time of response. I think it's a time for you to even begin to consider some of those things. How will you go? How will you give? Maybe even the time then to enter into prayer. Um, we do a few things here. The band will come and they will lead us through this time. Um, and if the, we, we, we always take communion every week as a church. And so when we do that, you'll come down one of these two aisles on the side. You'll take the bread. You'll dip it in the uh, wine or the juice. The bread is representative of the body of Christ that was given for us. 
the wine and the juice is representative of the blood of Christ that was shed for us. And when we do this, we're reminding each other uh, that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus laid down his life for us and has the authority to do that, and he also took it up again. And he's the good shepherd. He's exactly who he says he would be, and that his good news, there's still more good news uh, uh, ahead of us. So we're, we're remembering that together. We're proclaiming that truth to each other in our action of taking this together. So whether you're, a Christ, whether you're a member of this church or not, if you're a Christian, we would invite you to come and take with us. And the band will lead us through that, and then they'll lead us through a time of uh, worship through song. And it's a good time for you to sing together, to worship our God, or to pray and reflect as well. And we have a giving basket in the back where you can also give your tithes and offerings. You can make your donations there for the GCF. Just remember to designate it. There's other giving instructions there if you want to give other ways also. I'm going to pray, and we're going to enter into that time. Would you pray with me? Our Father, I do thank you again for this this morning and this time together. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the good shepherd who you sent to lay down his life for us who are like sheep and who you deeply care for and also that you took your life back up again. That Jesus defeated death. He's defeated our enemy. Lord, keep our eyes on you. Help us to remember who you really are. Help us to follow you. Help us to trust you so that we can follow you, to take joy in the things that you're doing and in the places you're leading. Lord, I pray that Redemption Church would be a place and a a people who are passionate about making the real Jesus known in Augusta, Georgia, and who are just as passionate and willing to give of themselves to see the real Jesus made known all over the earth. We thank you for what you're doing at Redemption. I thank you for this Friday. I thank you for that event and how you're using it in our city and in our church. Lord, I'm thankful for how even from that event we will get to bless Sojourn Church in Uganda. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, the, the ripple effects of this will just be great, that that your good news would go forth, that the Holy Spirit would open doors for the gospel wherever it lands because of it. May you be glorified in all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. God sent his son and they call him Jesus he came to love heal and forget he lived and died to buy my pardon an empty grave is there to prove my Savior love 
Cause he lives I can face tomorrow Because he lives All fear is gone Because I know I know he holds the future And life is worth the living just because you live, how sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives. But greater still, the calm assurance of this child can face uncertain days. Because he lives, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just. Because he lives Those who look on him are only 
be ashamed. Never be ashamed. This poor man cried. This poor 